You are tuned in to the Gridiron Hogs podcast, the very first daily edition of the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Basically, 15 to 20 minutes every day of what we are seeing in practice. We're at practice watching the team, what we're seeing from them, what we're hearing from coaches and players, inside sources, all that stuff. We're going to bring to you every day 15 to 20 minutes on the Hogbeat podcast network, hogbeat.com, and uh, Hogbeat YouTube will provide you with a link to that as well got alex trader with me robert stewart i think is asleep right now because i forgot to tell him that we were doing this that's on me i'll take the blame so robert if you're listening back i'm sorry man i'm sorry but football is back alex football's back you're excited about the northwestern nebraska game over in ireland i'm excited about hawaii vanderbilt in hawaii um the big thing is is we don't have to like try to enjoy preseason football now and we can just actually enjoy real football And uh, no greater feeling than knowing football is back. No, no greater feeling at all. And like you said, you've had the NFL preseason. You've had a little bit of uh, clips of Arkansas preseason football. And none of it stacks up to the real thing. Even a team you don't necessarily care about in college football, in my opinion, is significantly better than any, you know, fake preseason or uh, even NFL preseason. So I'm, I'm fully bought in, ready to go on this season. And uh, the season, so it's week zero, and then that's just like some games. Like we mentioned, Nebraska-Northwestern. Let's see, North Carolina plays, Florida State plays, Hawaii-Vanderbilt. So, like, you get an SEC game, but it's Vanderbilt, so it doesn't really count because Vanderbilt doesn't count as SEC football. But uh, next week is the real stuff, Um, September 3rd. That's Arkansas's first game against Cincinnati. So that's what we're leading up to. And Arkansas had their last scrimmage of fall camp on Saturday. And basically, I think the big storyline, I put in my headline that defense shines because that was basically Sam Pittman's headline. His his big thing, his big takeaway from the scrimmage was that the defense played better than the offense. And he said the offense didn't play bad. It was just that the defense played better. And so that was the big takeaway from Sam Pittman. But for myself, and I wrote about this on Monday morning over at hogbeat.com, for myself, the big takeaway was he said the offensive line is beat up. Now, the good thing is is that none of the starters are beat up, aside from Ricky Stromberg, who apparently had like a, a hyperextension in his elbow uh, elbow on Saturday in the scrimmage. Pittman didn't seem worried about it. He didn't say that he's going to be out. He just said that he hyperextended his elbow. So, I, I mean, like, I don't – I'm no medical expert, Alex. Do you know anything about hyperextensions and elbows? No, not particularly. Um, I, I do know Stromberg was injured a little bit going into last season, and he was able to come back and have a really productive year. So um, if you're the Arkansas staff, you're definitely hoping to see that come come to fruition again and him just kind of brush it off as another uh, f- fall camp, you know, hurt rather than necessarily injured situation. Yeah, so I, I'm not super worried about the, the Stromberg thing. Um, the big thing, and this is kind of what I wrote about, was they have some second teamers who are hurt on the offensive line. Devin Manuel, Marcus Henderson, Josh Street. Um, those three guys have been like consistently on the second team offensive line, and you want to have a, a comfortable 10 deep probably. And so Sam Pittman said right now he thinks they've got maybe six or seven deep that he's comfortable in, and then they can go farther if they're healthy. But really – you know, Manuel and Henderson, they've been hurt for at least a week now in fall camp. So 
um, Henderson longer than Manuel. Manuel, I, I don't know if Manuel was at practice at all last week. And so um, Andrew Shambly, he's had a step into that left tackle spot on the second team, which as we know, left tackle, important position. Andrew Shambly, humongous human being. I mean, he is huge. He's a freshman, but he's 6'6", 3'11", I think. He's huge. The big thing is Patrick Kudas. He's a he's a freshman, true freshman as well, and he's been playing at center on second team. Pittman said that he's probably their sixth center, but he's playing on the second team at center. We watched him in practice on Friday. He had a couple duds on snaps. I know Malik Hornsby dropped one of his snaps. Kate Fortin um, struggled to get one of his snaps, and Pittman said, that he he struggled a little bit snapping the ball in the scrimmage. So the thing about it is, is that like that tells you if Ricky Stromberg, who got hurt in Saturday's scrimmage, I think that he's okay. But if Ricky Stromberg gets hurt at some point, some time during this season, Lord forbid, then Arkansas might be in trouble, Alex. Yeah, and you know, as a former center who granted wasn't very good at the game of football, um, you're you're able to practice snapping and kind of get the hang of that. So uh, you're going to be able to see that fixed over, you know, the, the near future because it doesn't take a whole lot to be able to snap the ball. Um, but it, the offensive line depth is important, especially when you're an offense that's going to come out and run and run and run the ball down the defense's throat. And uh, missing guys is not something you're looking for, especially, you know, Stromberg has the injury history um, and you're not necessarily – feeling too comfortable about the backups, you're really going to want to get in there and develop some of those freshmen like Andrew Chambly, like a guy uh, like Amari and Harris out of uh, Little Rock Robinson, who both are giant guys that the staff was really, really excited about coming in. Um, can they come in and crack that too deep on the depth chart with the help of a little bit of injury uh, injury? You, you don't want to call it injury luck, but just injuries happening on the, on that second team line. Yeah, and I think what they've done, though, is, like, they have their guys spread out where they can be flexible. I think Latham or Limmer, one of those two, um, would move over to center if something was hap to happen to Stromberg. And then you bring up maybe Tykees Crawford to a guard spot or um, someone like that from the second team. That way you're not having to just move, like, Akutis right into first-team center where it's probably not going to be better to do that than to maybe move Limmer or Latham over to center. But – I think, you know, Pittman said that offensive line is where they're the most beat up. So that's what you got to talk about. And you have to look and see, you know, if this is the position group that's most beat up, are they going to be okay? And I think as of now, they're going to be okay. If you have someone like a, like a Dalton Wagner get hurt, then you got Tyke Crawford, who's going to move into right tackle. Luke Jones, if he gets hurt, who's going to play left tackle because they're focusing with Crawford on the right side of the line. So, like, those are the things that they're thinking about. Um, right now, it's nothing to worry about. Um, but as far as the scrimmage goes, let's talk about some big plays, some stuff that happened. We weren't able to watch. It was a closed scrimmage. Nobody was able to watch uh, aside from people who were on the team um, and you know staff and stuff like that. But it seems like um, seems like Matt Landers is going to be a really good wide receiver for Arkansas. I mean, the the two scrimmages that they've had, Matt Landers has caught a touchdown pass. Um, did Landers catch a touchdown pass in this one? No, it was Warren Thompson. Um, he had a 25-yard catch from K.J. Jefferson. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Landers had a 10-yard touchdown. I, I wrote K.J. through a 10-yard touchdown to Landers. Uh, Trey Knox, 10-yard pass from K.J. Jaden Hazelwood, 15-yard pass. Keetron Jackson, 65-yard touchdown pass from Malik Warnsby. 
Nathan Bax, 18-yard touchdown from Malik Hornsby. Sam Bakke, five-yard touchdown from Cade Fortin. And Pittman said that this was the play of the day because Fortin kind of sidearmed it like Mahomes style in there, went like underneath and threw it to, to Bakke. And so Quincy McAdoo, he had a 15-yard touchdown from Malik Hornsby, also had a 25-yard catch. And then uh, also the first drive was the Rocket Sanders show. Apparently he had 50 to 60 of the 75 yards gain on that drive. So uh, that's a lot. I think this receiver group is going to be good, Alex. Yeah, one of the biggest question marks coming into the season too. Um, fall camp really the entire time you heard through spring ball, who's going to step up at receiver? Who's going to be, you know, maybe not be Traylon Burks, but replace his production if you want to look at it from a money balls. Uh, standpoint I know that's kind of your thing with the Diamond Hogs podcast but you don't need Traylon Burks you need to equal Traylon Burks and it seems like this group you know uh, has gone from can any of these guys play in the SEC to how many of these guys can we get on the field because they all look promising and provide different different skill sets uh, for the offense and even the tight end group who you know was pretty I guess weak last year and and um doesn't look too, too promising this year is, is making some plays, like you said, with backs. And I think you're feeling much more comfortable, like KJ said, uh, KJ Jefferson said the other day about um, Hudson Henry. So really just an, an interesting group to watch develop. And the freshmen are really the ones that are catching a lot of people's eyes because you don't you don't just come into the SEC as a, as a 19 year old kid and dominate and, and be able to put up plays the way that Quincy McAdoo and Sam Bakke uh, and I, even Isaiah Satania, who isn't getting necessarily all the attention because he wasn't here throughout the spring and hasn't been able to have as long to develop, is out there doing great things for the offense and, and turning heads with his speed and athleticism. And then on the other side of those receivers, you have a cornerback battle going on. And I think that this is probably the most interesting position battle um, right now on the Arkansas team is cornerback because I think Hudson Clark is locked down a starting spot. As much as people do not want to admit it and as much as there, there are a lot of Hudson Clark haters out there, and uh, I'm not going to say why. I think we all know why people hate Hudson Clark. It's unfortunate, but that's it's, it's why. And so – He's played he's played as good as anybody in fall camp. From what we've seen in the media viewing periods, when we have wide receivers and DBs going one on one, Hudson Clark's the best man coverage guy. I mean, like I I I'm confident in saying that he's probably been the best man coverage guy in those. And so he's he Sam Pittman said it himself. He's played the best of all the corners through the first two weeks of fall camp. And so it's the second corner that they're trying to figure out right now. It's it's really between. Malik Chavis, Ladarius Bishop, and Dwight McLaughlin. The only interesting thing, and a lot of people keep getting on to me for this, Dwight McLaughlin's been on the third team every time they run fastball. And even when they weren't running fastball and they were just like doing some plays, like some walkthrough plays, he was with the third team. So I, I we've talked about it a lot with other media members, Alex, but we think that the Dwight McLaughlin on the third team thing is just kind of, you know – I think he talks a lot and they're trying to get him to maybe be a little bit more humble and, you know, like show him, Hey, we're going to put you on the third team, make you earn it. But also it's like, it's a consistent thing. He's been on the third team every day in practice. So like, I, but then they keep talking about him being one of the top corners in battle for a first team corner. So it's kind of weird, Alex. I don't, I don't really know what to put make of this aside from Hudson Clark as a starter. 
Yeah, it's a really a mess after that first spot because you, you come in and you brought a guy like McLeathered in in the transfer portal. You think he has to be the guy this season, um, and it really hasn't necessarily appeared that way in fall camp. Uh, you have to wonder, you know, I don't think any of the freshman corners are going to step up from this incoming class, and you're really looking at it from a perspective of which guys can you get out there and feel comfortable with because the rest of the defense does look you know, relatively strong. You're hearing good things about the defensive line. You're hearing pretty good things about the safeties. And then uh, even the linebacker group losing 200 100 tackle guys, you're feeling okay about it with Bumper Pool uh, and Drew Sanders coming in and, and then uh, either the freshman Jordan Crook or um, a guy in, in Chris Paul Jr. Who, who was able to get on the field a little bit last year, obviously with the three guys ahead of him, didn't have too much opportunity for playing time. But um, corners, you have to have strong corners to win games, especially in the SEC. And if you don't do that, um, it's going to make it really, really difficult for you. So they need to find those guys sooner rather than later. Yeah. The, so the the other starter in the scrimmage was Ladarius Bishop. He he's kind of in the past week he's been consistently that number two corner. So I don't know. I I feel like McLaughlin just has to be that guy coming over from LSU, highly touted prospect. Um, I, I feel like he's going to end up being there week one against Cincinnati. Like that's, I, I put out a death chart over at hogbeat.com and I had him as third team, but that's only because he's been on third team all fall camp. And I'm not going to put him on the first team if he's been on the third team. So, um, but do I think that he'll end up being the first team corner? I, I cannot see him not winning over Ladarius Bishop, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I might be wrong. That linebacker position though, a lot of people are curious who's going to be that third linebacker like bumper pool was last year. I mean, he was the, he was the third linebacker and he led the team in tackles. So it's obviously going to be bumper pool and drew Sanders as the top two guys, but here's an interesting thing. They, it, this was not a fastball period. It was a period where they were like running actual plays, had all the actual starters. Cause we know that fastball is kind of weird. They don't really put who's actual starters in fastball. Um, but this was actual starters and they had, they had Bumper Pool and Jackson Woodard as the as the linebackers in coverage, and then they had Drew Sanders rushing the edge. So based on that, Jackson Woodard's that third linebacker, but I think it's a battle between Woodard, Paul, and maybe Crook, like you said, Manny Powell. We know that he's getting healthy as well. Um, who would you like to see win that battle? I mean, you know, just coming off of my prediction from earlier uh, last season about the the freshman class super, superlatives, I did have Jordan Crook listed as my um, player that I projected that, you know, have the best chance to shine early for Arkansas. So selfishly speaking, that would be kind of cool to be able to get that one right. But, you know, I, I think you have to feel comfortable with, uh, with, with Paul, with Crook, just because those are the guys that have really been doing it. And Jackson Woodard's a name that, you know, even last season was getting a lot of positive recognition from coach Michael Shear. Um, he's a guy who always came up, never really as a starting guy, but a guy that, you know, works hard in practice and does the right thing. So if you have two talented guys like pool and like Sanders, having a guy that just knows what he's doing and is able to be out there and, and you know, that he's not, he may not win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. That's an important thing to have, especially in a defense that, you know, is trying to build around a young defensive line and a young um, a young or inexperienced defensive line and inexperienced cornerbacks group. Yeah, so uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, there are a lot of positions that are locked down, like quarterback, locked down, tight end. Trey Knox is the first team tight end. Running back, 
Rocket Sanders, he's got that locked down. We talked about the offensive line. If they stay healthy, that starting five is going to be great. D-line is a position group that we really need to talk about, but we're not going to talk about that today because we got to have content, Alex, throughout the rest of the week. We can't talk about D-line every single day. Um, but moving forward this week, this is what Sam Pittman had for the schedule this week. Monday, they're in shells. Tuesday, full pra- or full pads. Wednesday, spiders. Thursday, they start Cincinnati prep. It's that soon, Alex. That soon, Cincinnati prep on Thursday. Um, and then that – so he said that's going to look like a Monday practice on an actual game week. And then Friday, full pad. Saturday, they're going to do mock game. So they're going to, you know, go to the stadium, dress up in the locker room, get dressed up, do an actual, like, mock game in situations. He said it's just, like, get the nerves off of the guys, let them know how it actually looks. That way they're not doing it for the first time on September 3rd when Cincinnati comes to town. So, a busy week, and we're going to have you covered every day with daily podcasts here on hogbeat.com. Check out all the great stuff at hogbeat.com. The stuff that we talk about in the podcast, we put into stories. Like, we're we're talking about this stuff off the top of our head because we've, we've written about it a lot. And so, go to hogbeat.com, check it out. Check out the Hogbeat YouTube for all the press conferences, for practice video, um, and then podcasts as well. I'm trying to figure out how we want to really do that. We'll have a link for you guys to watch, though, if you want if you want to see our beautiful faces. I know that, Alex, you have a lot of loyal followers because they think that you're quite attractive. Yeah, what can I say? I mean, I'm out here. I, I put a little gel in the hair today. I had to get nice and nice and pretty for the camera. There you go. Um, but it, it is the first day of school, which is uh, good for the players, but not good for us, Alex. A lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people know that both of us are students still. I've got one semester, so I'm graduating in December. Alex, you graduate in the spring, right? Uh, that's the plan. Uh, got a love. Uh, shout out to my accounting uh, professor the first uh, first go around. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Robert Stewart should be with us. Um, I know a lot of people miss that tandem of the Diamond Hogs podcast, myself and Robert Stewart. No offense to you, Alex. No offense to you whatsoever. But uh, we'll be back with you all tomorrow. As we said, daily podcast, 15 to 20 minutes. I don't even know how long we went today. Um, But we'll be providing you with insight from practice, from coaches, from players, all that stuff um, here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast and hogbeat.com. Thank you.